Chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 2, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. And he said, Of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. For all these have their abundance, cast in unto the offerings of God. But she of her penury hath cast in all the living that she had. Gloss. Our Lord, having rebuked the covetousness of the scribes who devoured widows' houses, commends the almsgiving of a widow. As it is said, And he looked up and saw the rich men casting into the treasury, etc., in the Greek language, philaze signifies to keep, and gaza in Persian means riches. Hence, gazophilacium is used for the name of the place in which the money is kept. Now there was a chest with an opening at the top placed near the altar on the right hand of those entering the house of God, into which the priests cast all the money, which was given for the Lord's temple. But our Lord, as he overthrows those who trade in his house, so also he remarks those who bring gifts, giving praise to the deserving, but condemning the bad. Hence it follows, and he saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. Cyril, she offered two oblai, which, with the sweat of her brow, she had earned for her daily living, or what she begs daily for at the hands of others, she gives to God, showing that her poverty is fruitful to her. Therefore does she surpass the others, and by a just reward receives a crown from God. As it follows, of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more, etc. Bede, for whatever we offer with an honest heart is well-pleasing to God, who hath respect unto the heart, not the substance, nor does he weigh the amount of that which is given in sacrifice but of that from which it is taken. As it follows, for all these have cast in of their abundance, but she all that she had. Chrysostom. For God regarded not the scantiness of the offering, but the overflowing of the affection. Almsgiving is not the bestowing a few things out of many, but it is that of the widow emptying herself of her whole substance. But if you cannot offer as much as the widow, at least give all that remains over. Bede. Now mystically, the rich men who cast their gifts into the treasury signify the Jews puffed up with the righteousness of the law. The poor widow, the simplicity of the church, which is called poor, because it has either cast away the spirit of pride or its sins, as if they were worldly riches. But the church is a widow because her husband endured death for her. She cast two mites into the treasury, because in God's sight, in whose keeping are all the offerings of our works, she presents her gifts, whether of love to God and her neighbor, or of faith and prayer. And these excel all the works of the proud Jews, for they of their abundance cast into the offerings of God, and that they presume on their righteousness. But the church casts in all her living, for everything that hath life she believes to be the gift of God. Theophylact, or the widow may be taken to mean any soul bereft, as it were, of her first husband, the ancient law, 
and not worthy to be united to the word of God, who brings to God instead of a dowry faith and a good conscience, and so seems to offer more than those who are rich in words and abound in the moral virtues of the Gentiles. Verses 5 through 8. And as some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts, he said, As for these things which ye behold, the days will come, in which there shall not be left one stone upon another, that shall not be thrown down. And they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be, and what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? And he said, Take heed that ye be not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. Eusebius, how beautiful was everything relating to the structure of the temple. History informs us, and there are yet preserved remains of it, enough to instruct us in what was once the character of the buildings. But our Lord proclaimed to those that were wondering at the building of the temple, that there should not be left in it one stone upon another. For it was meet that that place, because of the presumption of its worshippers, should suffer every kind of desolation. Bede. For it was ordained by the dispensation of God that the city itself and the temple should be overthrown, lest perhaps someone, yet a child in the faith, while wrapped in astonishment at the rites of the sacrifices, should be carried away by the mere sight of the various beauties. Ambrose, it was spoken then of the temple made with hands, that it should be overthrown. For there is nothing made with hands which age does not impair, or violence throw down, or fire burn. Yet there is also another temple, that is the synagogue, whose ancient building falls to pieces as the church rises. There is also a temple in every one, which falls when faith is lacking, and above all, when any one falsely shields himself under the name of Christ that so he may rebel against his inward inclinations. Cyril, now his disciples did not at all perceive the force of his words, but supposed that they were spoken of the end of the world. Therefore asked they him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be, and what the sign, etc.? Ambrose, Matthew asks a third question, that both the time of the destruction and the sign of his coming and the end of the world might be inquired into by the disciples. But our Lord being asked when the destruction of the temple should be and what the sign of his coming instructs them as to the signs, but does not mind to inform them as to the time. It follows, take heed that ye be not deceived. Athanasius, for since we have received, delivered unto us by God, graces and doctrines which are above man, as, for example, the rule of a heavenly life, power against evil spirits, the adoption and the knowledge of the Father and the Word, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Our adversary the devil goeth about seeking to steal from us the seed of the Word which has been sown. But the Lord, shutting up in us his teaching as his own precious gift, warns us, lest we be deceived. And one very great gift he gives us, the Word of God, that not only we be not led away by what appears, but even if there is aught lying concealed, by the grace of God we may discern it. For seeing that the devil is the hateful inventor of evil, what he himself is he conceals, but craftily assumes a name desirable to all, 
just as if a man wishing to get into his power some children not his own should in the absence of the parents counterfeit their looks and lead away the children who were longing for them in every heresy then the devil says in disguise i am christ and with me there is truth and so it follows for many shall come in my name saying i am christ and the time draweth near Cyril. for before his descent from heaven there shall come some to whom we must not give place for the only begotten son of god when he came to save the world wished to be in secret that he might bear the cross for us but his second coming shall not be in secret but terrible and open for he shall descend in the glory of god the father with the angels attending him to judge the world in righteousness therefore he concludes go ye not therefore after them titus paused or perhaps he does not speak of false christs coming before the end of the world but of those who existed in the apostles time Bede, for there were many leaders when the destruction of jerusalem was at hand who declared themselves to be christ and that the time of deliverance was drawing nigh many hesiarchs also in the church have preached that the day of the lord is at hand whom the apostles condemn many antichrists also came in christ's time of whom the first was simon magus who said this man is the great power of god verses nine through ten but when ye shall hear of wars and commotions be not terrified for these things must first come to pass but the end is not by and by then said he unto them nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and earthquakes shall be in divers places and famines and pestilences and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven gregory god denounces the woes that shall forerun the destruction of the world that so they may the less disturb when they come as having been foreknown for darts strike the less which are foreseen and so he says but when ye shall hear of wars and commotions etc wars refer to the enemy commotions to citizens to show us then that we shall be troubled from within and without he asserts that the one we suffer from the enemy the other from our own brethren ambrose but of the heavenly words none are greater witnesses than we upon whom the ends of the world have come what wars and what rumors of wars have we received gregory but that the end will not immediately follow these evils which come first it is added these things must first come to pass, but the end is not yet, etc. For the last tribulation is preceded by many tribulations, because many evils must come first, that they may await that evil which has no end. It follows, then said he unto them, nation shall rise against nation, etc. For it must needs be that we should suffer some things from heaven, some from earth, some from the elements, and some from men. Here then are signified the confusions of men. It follows, and great earthquakes shall be in diverse places. This relates to the wrath from above. Chrysostom, for an earthquake is at one time a sign of wrath, as when our Lord was crucified the earth shook. But at another time it is a token of God's providence, as when the apostles were praying, the place was moved where they were assembled. It follows, and pestilence. Gregory, 
Look at the vicissitudes of bodies and famine. Observe the barrenness of the ground. In fearful sights and great signs there shall be from heaven. Behold the variableness of the climate, which must be ascribed to those storms which by no means regard the order of the seasons. For the things which come in fixed order are not signs. For everything that we receive for the use of life we pervert to the service of sin. But all those things which have bent to a wicked use are turned to the instruments of our punishment. Ambrose, the ruin of the world then is preceded by certain of the world's calamities, such as famine, pestilence, and persecution. Theophylact, now some have wished to place the fulfillment of these things not only at the future consummation of all things, but at the time also of the taking of Jerusalem. For when the author of peace was killed, then justly arose the Jews' wars and sedition. But from wars proceed pestilence and famine, the former indeed produced by the air infected with dead bodies, the latter through the lands remaining uncultivated. Josephus also relates the most intolerable distresses to have occurred from famine, and at the time of Claudius Caesar there was a severe famine, as we read in the Acts, and many terrible events happened, foreboding, as Josephus says, the destruction of Jerusalem. Chrysostom, but he says that the end of the city shall not come immediately, that is, the taking of Jerusalem, but there shall be many battles first. Bede, the apostles are also exhorted not to be alarmed by these forerunners, nor to desert Jerusalem and Judea, but the kingdom against kingdom, and the pestilence of those whose word creepeth as a cancer, and the famine of hearing the word of God, and the shaking of the whole earth, and the separation from the true faith, may be explained also in the heretics, who contending one with another bring victory to the church. Ambrose. There are also other wars which the Christian wages, the struggles of different lusts, and the conflicts of the will, and domestic foes are far more dangerous than foreign. Verses 12 through 19. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what ye shall answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not an hair of your head perish. In your patience possess ye your souls. Gregory, because the things which have been prophesied of arise not from the injustice of the inflictor of them, but from the deserts of the world which suffer them. The deeds of wicked men are foretold, as it is said, but before all these things they shall lay their hands upon you. As if he says, first the hearts of men, afterwards the elements shall be disturbed, that when the order of things is thrown into confusion, it may be plain from what retribution it arises. For although the end of the world depends upon its own appointed course, Yet finding some more corrupt than others, who shall rightly be overwhelmed in its fall, our Lord makes them known. Cyril, 
Or he says this because before that Jerusalem should be taken by the Romans, the disciples, having suffered persecution from the Jews, were imprisoned and brought before rulers. Paul was sent to Rome to Caesar and stood before Festus and Agrippa. It follows, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. In the Greek, it is es martyrion, that is, for the glory of martyrdom. Gregory, or for a testimony, that is, against those who, by persecuting you, bring death upon themselves, or living, do not imitate you, or themselves, becoming hardened, perish without excuse, from whom the elect take example that they may live. But, as hearing so many terrible things, the hearts of men may be troubled, he therefore adds, for their consolation, settle it therefore in your hearts, etc. Theophylact, for because they were foolish and inexperienced, the Lord tells them this, that they might not be confounded when about to give account to the wise. And he adds the cause, for I will give you a mouth in wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay or resist. As if he said, Ye shall forthwith receive of me eloquence and wisdom, so that all your adversaries, were they gathered together in one, shall not be able to resist you, neither in wisdom, that is, the power of understanding, nor in eloquence, that is, excellence of speech. For many men have often wisdom in their mind, but being easily provoked to their great disturbance, mar the whole when their time of speaking comes. But not such were the apostles, for in both these gifts they were highly favored. Gregory, as if the Lord said to his disciples, Be not afraid, go forward to the battle. It is I that fight, you utter the words. I am he that speaketh. Ambrose, now in one place Christ speaks in his disciples, as here, in another the Father, in another the Spirit of the Father speaketh. These do not differ, but agree together. In that one speaketh, three speak, for the voice of the Trinity is one. Theophylact, having in what has gone before dispelled the fear of inexperience, he goes on to warn them of another very certain event, which might agitate their minds, lest falling suddenly upon them, it should dismay them. For it follows, and ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren, and kinsfolk, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. Gregory, we are the more galled by the persecutions we suffer from those of whom dispositions we made sure, because together with the bodily pain, we are tormented by the bitter pangs of lost affection. Gregory of Nisa. But let us consider the state of things at that time. While all men were suspected, kinsfolk were divided against one another, each differing from the other in religion. The Gentile son stood up the betrayer of his believing parents, and of his believing son, the unbelieving father, became the determined accuser. No age was spared in the persecution of the faith. Women were unprotected even by the natural weakness of their sex. Theophylact. To all this, he adds the hatred which they shall meet with from all men. Gregory. But because of the hard things foretold concerning the affliction of death, there immediately follows a consolation concerning the joy of the resurrection. When it is said, But there shall not an hair of your head perish. As though he said to the martyrs, Why fear ye for the perishing of that which when cut pains, when that cannot perish in you, which when cut gives no pain? 
speed, or else there shall not perish a hair of the head of our Lord's apostles, because not only the noble deeds and words of the saints, but even the slightest thought shall meet with its deserving reward. Gregory, he who preserves patience in adversity is thereby rendered proof against all affliction, and so by conquering himself he gains the government of himself, as it follows, in your patience shall ye possess your souls. For what is it to possess your souls but to live perfectly in all things? And sitting, as it were, upon the citadel of virtue, to hold in subjection every motion of the mind. Gregory, by patience then we possess our souls, because when we are said to govern ourselves, we begin to possess that very thing which we are. But for this reason the possession of the soul is laid in the virtue of patience, because patience is the root and guardian of all virtues. Now patience is to endure calmly the evils which are inflicted by others, and also to have no feeling of indignation against him who inflicts them. End of chapter 21, verses 1 through 19.